Welcome. This is your girl and host, Kenya Bryant. I'm so excited about the Brave and Vision podcast. This is our place, ladies, where we'll be uniting through storytelling and the power of sisterhood. We're sharing the bold and brave valley and mountaintop stories along with our fellow visionaries. So join me every month for fun and real conversations on tackling fear and yes, life's cray cray to walking out our beautiful vision journeys. Wow, I'm giddy, (laughs) almost speechless. And you know, that's saying something about me. (laughs) Today, I want to welcome you to my dining room, which is one of my family's favorite places to our table, our family table. Man, that table represents my family so much. If you had to visualize something that represented Kenya's family, that table would be it. It has Nick's and scars and (laughs) little bitty uh, uh, things on it that represent what has happened around that table. It has memories all around it. At that table, we've cried, we've laughed, we've broken bread, we've played games, and we've invited others to come sit at the table with us. So today, I am so honored that I got to sit at the table with three incredible people, three of the most important people in my life, my gentle giants. I like to say that they are my heart walking around with arms and legs. (laughs) They're just really tall. Today, you get a glimpse into our family at that table. My gentle giants talked about topics like love, honoring God as Generation Z, black history, and what they add to it as change agents and history makers. Ooh, we unpacked some really raw and emotional experiences, and we went in on the quote of vision gives pain a purpose. We even kind of dug in on courage and being brave. Today, you're invited to our family table. The Table Talk series, which is in two parts because there was so much meat (laughs) and knowledge and nuggets and mic drops that happened around that table. This one is good, y'all. So, so good. So sit back, enjoy, and be blessed. Well, y'all, we are back at it again, and I am so excited to be here with just three incredible people in my life. I like to say that they're my hearts walking around with arms and legs, and I thought it would just be fitting for this month of February, which celebrates love love of our hearts because we're celebrating, you know, American Heart Association and everything dealing with heart disease, but also love in its purest form of how do you love your family? How do you love your friends, those that are close to you and Black History Month. So for these three to be on the podcast today really makes my heart full. So today I have my gentle giants. Won't y'all say what's up to the people? Uh, Hello, uh, my name is Gabriel. Um, I'm 13 in eighth grade. Uh, something, uh, one of my, like, passions or hobbies, uh, I'm, a I like to do football. I'm just getting in the weight room now, so I can practice football in high school. (laughs) Big body. Big body. (laughs) Um, 
I'm Sion. I'm 17. I'm a junior at in high school. Um, something I really enjoy is just everything art. I enjoy baking, painting, drawing, to cooking. Um, art is just one of the things that is one of my outlets to express myself. Something that I really enjoy. You are, and you are our poet of the family. Yes. <laughs> and you've sold a couple pieces, there, baby. Yes, yes I, I have. Like making some change off of all this. <laughs> Well, my name is Josiah. Um, I'm 15, sophomore year. You know, almost there, almost there. Almost there, two more years, baby. One of my biggest passions is, of course, playing the sport of basketball. You know, that's always been my thing. I always love to go out in the court, play with the older kids or even the younger ones. A good hobby is just, you know, going out and just me personally just enjoying what life has to give. Look at you. Life has to give. Go ahead, Josiah, breaking down knowledge already. Well, y'all, I could not have done the couch conversations if y'all listened in. I did three chapters of the couch conversations with Talea and Ayadella. And we talked about my story, talked about my brave kind of walk through the deep valleys, uh, those messy middles to the mountain climb. And I couldn't do that. I kept thinking like something is missing. And what was missing was these three people around the table. So we are in our home. Our home is our sanctuary. It's our place of peace. It's our silly place. We've recorded videos. I think we're going to be famous for our road trip videos. Today, I tried to record one, but these folks wouldn't, you know. Woo! They just would not <laughs> help me out today. However, this table means something to us. Uh, the table we're sitting around actually is a table that we prayed for some years ago in Colorado Springs. I want to say over maybe 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. I think Gabriel was a baby when we were praying for this table. So this table has a lot of meaning to us. I mean, it has scratches. It has scars dense. And I think it really speaks to who we are as a family. And we always say when we get together around these, this table, uh, we would be millionaires uh, if we could uh, have a camera in this house recording us. Because <laughs> uh, some of the stuff we talk about around this table, what would y'all say? Like, is real talk, right? Yeah, real talk. <laughs> something real deep and something that needs to be exposed to the world. For real. <laughs> and so we thought today we would bring you into our home. We would add to our brave story Mm -hmm. and let the gentle giants break down some knowledge. And I'm telling you, there are days sometimes I scratch my head to wonder their age because of the wisdom, I think, the experience and some of the things they've walked through. So I'm going to ask you all, and this is up for anybody. Like I said, I think we should be millionaires because of the conversations we have, our family meetings and everything. So how do you feel about our the way we communicate? And let me let everybody know I don't have a cold. I'm not quite sure what's going on with my voice today. It's been this way for the last two and a half weeks. I think I might be going through puberty. Maybe it's having these three teenagers in my house. I'm going through puberty at 45, but it's not going to stop this show. Right, y'all? Yes, ma'am. So what, when we think about our family conversations and talks, right? It's very open conversation. Some of it, like you said, Josiah, can be real deep, but you said it's time for the world to hear, right? So how would you say that it's been helpful in unifying as a family? I feel um, as if whenever we do have these talks, it just kind of like opens the air and opens up for an opportunity for us to be able to be just open and real with one another. If we have an issue, we can just kind of call a family meeting and be able to Mm -hmm. to talk about it and things like that. I feel as if it really unifies us and helps us come together and just kind of have an ability to know, like, if there's an issue, I can talk to them about it, and hopefully we can see it be fixed. Right, right. That's good. Anybody else? 
I honestly think that communication with people that are so close to you is always important because, you know, there's some families where people just border themselves away and just isolate themselves. And, you know, they're just a family where they're not really able to know each other the best they can. And, you know, yeah. those are the people that are supposed to know you the best. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just our communication and the way that we can laugh together and the way that we can just sprout our personalities in front of each other. I think that's just really beautiful that we are able to, as one, be able to just collide all our personalities together. You know, it's just like a blend of a bunch of beautiful <laughs> colors of paint and yeah. making it into one beautiful color. Oh, mm -hmm. come on. Look at you. Snap, snap, excuse me. <laughs> so I would say that we've had like some real deep conversations around the table. Mm -hmm. We've talked about some stuff. See, so, you know, I have a memory of one time we we're sitting at the table and Gabriel Josiah was sharing a story about a playground situation with a young girl. And mm -hmm. you were like, are we really going to be talking about this at the table? That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talk about everything, right? I mean, there's mm -hmm. not we, sex, drugs, um, uh, hurt, pain. Uh, things that made you laugh, silly stories. I just really loved it. Mm -hmm. So I know I call you all the gentle giants. And I often reference that to social media, to my friends. Um, anybody want to share why um, they the name gentle giants? I mean, what do you think about that name that I've given you? And, you know, what do you think it means to you when you are called a gentle giant? Um, so, uh, Digital Diet, at first I, it was kind of weird to me. I was like, Digital Giants. I was like, huh? But then like, I see what she means because like, we're like really tall for our age, but we also, <laughs> we're also able to be compassionate and be careful and be, um, helpful to others without like just making a ruckus with everything we do. We're able to be, uh, um, what's the word? Careful or, uh, cautious. cautious. Yeah, cautious with what we do. We're also very, we're, 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 we're very good at what we do most of the time. We're mostly very good at what we do. I like that. You're very good, huh, brother? Confidence <laughs> at the table. Anybody else about the name Gentle Giant? I, I think of it as, of course, us being tall. I mean, I know I'm the short one of the family, but you know, <laughs> um, I also think of it as just our impact is kind it can also be giant um i know definitely on my social media even though it's not huge i also always try to portray like the way i think and the way i really have the heart for other people through my page and i've just had a lot of people come to me like i learned so many things from your stories i learned so much about what's happening so i feel as if also the gentle giants can also be through our impact and how we always are trying to be gentle and show peace and just are always wanting to just love people and that our impact impacts a lot of people in that form. I agree with her very much when it comes to the impact with the word giant mm -hmm. and how our impact would be so giant. Also, when I think about giant, I just think about all our experiences mm -hmm. and what have we experienced and how that can be something big for just people our age and how that's something giant and how we've actually grown into giants Come from on. experiencing and fighting through that. Oh, come on, come through, come through, I'm talking like dropping and dropping. So let's jump in, right? Because you all have a voice. Like you said, Siona, social media, you throw things on your posts. Um, Josiah, I'll see things you say. Gabriel, you'll say some just powerful things. And I'll just say y'all drop these pearls of wisdom just as y'all are just being who you are. And so this one, Siona, I just want to ask you, you know, it, we all, you know, we're living in a world today where so many things are happening. You know, and oftentimes the voice we hear are the adult voices. 
Sometimes those voices from adults ain't always the best voice. <laughs> but I love when we sit around our table, you all give your perspective on life and perspective on the world and how it affects you all. So I want to know, how are you being a change agent and using your voice to share your perspective of your generation? And how do you feel that's making an impact? So, of course, through my social media, that's definitely something I try to do. If I see a post that I really connect with that I feel as if it can reach people, that I feel as if people also have similar ideals, I always try to post it on my story. I'll even post it on my Snapchat as well because I'm like, this really needs to be addressed. It can be something as small as words that we can say that are flippant but are hurting people as mm -hmm. big as to, hey, there's like there's a genocide that's happening that this that the multimedia is not telling us about. Let's pray for these people. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if it's really making a huge change, but I know people have come to me and been like, I've heard about this, Yon, and I saw it on your story and I'm praying about this. I saw what you're trying to do and I'm going to help out, things like that. Um, one of the biggest things that I tried to do this year was the food drive at my school. Yes. <laughs> and so... When I started it, when I was like saying that plan, when me and Josiah were bouncing ideas, he told me, Josiah, he was like, Sion, are you prepared that if it fails? Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, but I, I, in reality, I just said it because I want to be like, yeah, I'm prepared. I'm strong. And of course it didn't go well. And of course I was really disappointed. Like mm -hmm. my friends, it kind of brings like when you're trying to do something so big that it really impacts and a lot of people get scared. A yeah. lot of people kind of yeah. get nervous, you know, fear comes in. Mm -hmm. the fear comes in. And it was like, I had to take a step back and look at some of my friends because I would ask them like simple things like, Hey, can you post this poster on their story? And one of my friends was like, I don't know if I want to post it because I'm embarrassed. And it just made me have to step back. And I was like, we're in a generation where people are embarrassed to post things that is just, Hey, bring in some food. Let's be generous. Let's show mm -hmm. some generosity, you know? And then it was also just, for change agents, like we see it as they can do something and it's like that and it, something is changing. When I was trying to do this food drive, you know how many obstacles came up and it was just disappointing. Like for my school, you know, I was like, I just want to do something that is just going to create a difference. Mm -hmm. And I just have all these roadblocks. And like you said, it's just like, I feel as if it should be more of a smooth ride right. than <laughs> all that we had to go through. But I just really, I, I, I enjoyed it overall. I, I, even though it was a bit discouraging, I was like, you know, what? I tried to do something. And a lot of my friends were like, Sion, but even though the people aren't seeing what you're doing, God did. And I was mm -hmm. like, you're right. That's something I did. And, and it teaches us something, right? right? Not to quit because you didn't quit. And what's happening on Thursday? And then on Thursday, we're going to be doing um, a bigger food drive with Sisterhood. That's something I'm really excited about. I really, really hope it goes well because like the, the food drive, um, nonprofit that I'm working with, they've been emailing me and I have not <laughs> answered because I'm like, Oh Lord, it's not been going well at my school, but I really hope that what I'm trying to do can really touch the hearts of people at our church. I know that they are so, they're so giving and they're so loving and I'm really hoping they're seeing like she's trying to do something great and just want to be a part of that. And I think the mere fact that you stepped out there, that's being a change agent. Right. How many people, how many times do I tell y'all, people fail multiple times. Right. Multiple times. The big ways that y'all follow, the celebrities that y'all admire, they failed before they became these huge, famous uh, celebrities, before their product made money. You know, and sometimes being a change agent doesn't mean it immediately changed. Like you said, there's going to be obstacles and roadblocks, but you didn't stop. Right. You went to the next place. She was like, okay, if it doesn't work at school, I'll go to church. If it doesn't work at church, I'll go to work. 
and you kept doing it. And if you bring in two cans to that nonprofit, you change somebody's life because they got two cans of food. Right. We won't let that happen. Right, right. <laughs> we won't let that happen. So Josiah, as we're talking about being a change agent, I really think being a change agent is really about the way that we love people and how we love people well. And I did a little snapshot on my story about you. We were just sitting and you just having these conversations that we have oftentimes. And I recorded you because you said something so profound about love. And I've always said this about you, Josiah, that you are this giant of a boy, but the gentleness in you and the tenderness in you is this love. And you have been this way since you were a little boy. I mean, like I used to have to fight people because you would be talking to folks and up to women and holding their faces and say, I love you. And God loves you too. And, you know, um, and I think love is just something that uh, we talk about a lot, but I don't know if people really know what love really is about. And I wonder about your generation. And I think we talk about your generation, those that are older than you, but I would love for you to speak from it, that a change agent is love. And how are, you know, when you think about love, how are you using it to be better? And is there anyone in your life that has taught you uh, what real love looks like? So how would you answer that, Josiah? Love is something that is so dynamic and something that is way more complex than music that people play and like um, posts that people post may make it seem. Mm -hmm. Love is really difficult. Mm -hmm. Love has its ups, love has its downs, but all together, Love is something that requires more than just one person, Ooh, which can be even more difficult because <laughs> sometimes we just want to plug in a controller on somebody and just be like, I want you to love me because I love you and I want you to match how much mm -hmm. I love you. That's good. So sometimes mm -hmm. when it comes to loving someone, you have to do a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You know, love isn't simple. Love isn't something that is hand out a lot now. Love is something that can be changed. Love can change you. Love can hurt you. Love can empower you. Love can just do a lot to a human being. Yeah. And when you said, like, love's not being handed out now, do you think it's something that's supposed to look like love that people are handing out? When you say that, what do you mean? Is it when I say love isn't being handed out, I'm saying that because of like loving is like something that needs to be felt between you and someone else mm -hmm. personally. Mm -hmm. Love now is something that is like a trend. Okay. People post couples, people post heartbreak, mm -hmm. people post all this. And then when someone else sees it, they want to match it. Mm -hmm. They don't want to match what the, uh, what someone specifically is giving them. They want to match what they're seeing on the internet. Ooh, so when they okay. see couples matching outfits or they see couples going out on dates to a certain place, they want to match that because that couple looks good doing it. When love should be, oh, it looks good because of the way we're doing it and the way we enjoy ourselves. Come on now. Come on. Just like so like when it comes to love being a trend, there's also heartbreak. That's a trend. Right. You know, when you're heartbroken, you want to do this, you want to do that because you hear songs about it. You look at posts about it. You know, that's that's one thing that has to do with suicide, if I can bring that up. Yeah, it's very sensitive. Yeah. When people post about it, when people post about their suicidal thoughts, 
people think because they've been in that situation that they should also be thinking that and they should also make those decisions. Mm-hmm. So we have to be careful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that would be a wonderful explanation or an example of how love can hurt someone. Yeah. It's because not only because love now is something that is handed out and like um, portrayed as something that it may not actually be, but also it can be shown out and exposed as something negative. Right. And people want to want to put themselves in that negative place because everyone else is in that negative place. Mm. So it's like an exposed antidote. Mm. That's good. Yeah. See, I definitely like when he said we like to portray what we see in the media as love and try to force it on our partners. I really, that really touched me because I know that I definitely really struggled with my lack of experiences in that field. Whenever I find someone that I'm interested in, I always tie back to romantic books that I've read and how <laughs> things are supposed to go because I'm such a bookworm. And and that's the only experiences that I've had is living through the experiences of other people when I'm giving people advice or when I'm reading a book or something like that. So it's like, I feel as if through times when I've tried to talk to people, at times I've I probably have self-sabotaged mm. because I've tried to force my own view of what love and like and affection is supposed to be like on this other person that may have been trying to give it to me in a form that I couldn't understand. That's good. That's good. That's real talk. And that's another example of how love can be complex. Yeah. Two people can love in a different way. And it really just takes the patience. And it really just takes the mentality to just be able to let it just blend in. Like I said, with the pain. Mm -hmm. And like personally with, my experience with love, I've, You've had I've some had experience a, I've had a lot. You know, um, not to, not to not see. Not maybe all romantic, yeah. but love period. Love okay. period. I've you had a lot. Of, look yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of experience and that has taught me a lot. It's changed me a lot. It's made me look at things a lot and honestly in a positive way. Okay. Share that. So like when it came to all my experience and all the decisions I've made, I've just been consistently coming to the conclusion after the end of it. It's just like, like sometimes I'd be like, oh, this is just not for me. Sometimes I'd be like, oh, I want to try this again and hopefully it'll be better. Sometimes I just want to be like, you know what, let me go back to this person, just make it better. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times we want to renew it. There's times we want to recycle it. There's times where you just want to burn it. <laughs> you know, I've been doing all these whole renew, recycle, all this stuff. <laughs> honestly, that's how it feels sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's really what love is to me. It's just something that is complex and something that is need to be really thought hard about between two other people. And you can love groups too, right? right. And that love can, as we think about being a change agent and being someone who impacts the world, you, you can love groups of people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting because we're in a day and time that love is used so loosely that if you don't love what I love, then, you know, there's no absolute way that we're on the same page or, or, or you could say you really love me, mm-hmm. but what if your morals are different from theirs, but you can still love, right? right? Mm-hmm. Because we believe God loves every single person in this world. Right. But like you said, it gets complex and if it goes against my morals, does not mean that just because I don't agree with what you do or what you say or how you behave or how you've been treated me or someone else, doesn't mean I still shouldn't extend love. And I think that's what really being a change agent, being impactful and empowering with our love is really about. 
is loving from a place that says we may be different and we may see it differently, but I still love you. And I'm going to love you because I know it's the right thing to do. I'm going to love you because I believe in what love can do. Because love can transform. It's seeds, right? I think love is like a seed. Sometimes you plant the seed. We may not ever see the fruit of it. But as long as we have, you remember, what do I always tell y'all? Did y'all leave the people? Well. (laughs) Right? That's love. That's a form of love. I like Josiah was saying with like the, how it's like a blending of paint. I, I feel as if at times like that can be misinterpreted as it's something that's just loosely, it just happens by itself. But in everything, there's a catalyst or something that's moving the reaction. I feel as if when you're blending the paint, there's got to be two people that are pushing those paintbrushes and moving that. I feel as if in love, like, like it says, we have different versions of love, but I feel as if a lot of people be like, my version of love is the love that you need to take. And I feel as if in love and the reason why relationships may not be going as well, platonic or romantic is that there's no, there's not the two C's. There's not communication or compromise. Mm -hmm. And when I say compromise, I don't mean you need to compromise on yourself. You don't need to change yourself. That's not one of the two C's. It's just, if someone is like, Hey, my love language is I like to spend personal time with you. If you love someone, you're going to put in that effort. Even if you're someone that enjoys more of your alone time, Mm -hmm. you, you, when you love someone, seeing that way their face is going to brighten up when you just go and you spend some time with them without them having to beg and you ask you, if you go and you just go and you put out that effort, that is also a part of love. You can give your love in your own form, but at the same time, you have to give a little bit in the form they can understand, you know? That's good. It's if you're talking in two different languages, right? In French, there's a bunch of words that are in French that I could understand even if I didn't know it. But at the same time, we still both got to translate. We've mm-hmm. both got to put in effort. I both, I got to be like bonjour and you got to be like hello. It's got to be, <laughs> it's got to be a mix of both, you know? Right, right. And I feel, I feel as if like that's important when you're blending that paint. It's two people. It's two colors, mm-hmm. right? It's not just, oh, let me pour the paint on, let it set. It'll blend. It's not, it's, <laughs> as an artist, well, as an artist, I know right, that doesn't work. Love is an action word. Right. Like, Most definitely. Right? It's, it's a verb. Action, it's a verb. So like you said, you can't just drop it on the page and then say, move and blend and go and do yeah. it. I love you and not show it, you know? Right. So is there someone that you would say is an example for you of what real love looks like? I think there's multiple and I'd honestly, as that multiple, I'd put it as one. And I'd just say my family. Oh, that's good. My family, as we all know, we've been through a lot. Mm-hmm. But, like, what I can say is that we are consistent with letting each other know and reminding each other and reassuring that we love each other. You know, there's always effort that's being put in for together time. There's always times where I just sit with one of my siblings or my mom or my dad, grandma, grandpa, where we're just having a good time. And I just feel like, you know what? I actually feel good. You know, I'm happy around this person. You know, I feel love. I feel the energy. So that's always, like I said, another example of just reassurance. Mm-hmm. You know, like it isn't, doesn't have to be said like, oh, yeah, I want to remind you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I like your look. <laughs> you know, like I want to remind you. Here's a ticket. Here's an email. I love you. Mm-hmm. It's just like the feeling of like, oh, I'm giving you my energy. I'm letting you know I want to be around you. I'm letting you know that I'm enjoying my time around you. 
that really gives you the reassurance that, oh, yeah, this person loves me. This person enjoys being around me and that there's more times to come. That's good. You know, when I think about love in our family, we know God is such an important factor in our in our hearts. And I love that you three have made personal like mommy could push in and introduce you to God. But I always tell you that the love of God, your relationship, it's like a relationship, like you said, Josiah, between two people, it's between you and God. And that's a love that I think has sustained us in ways where we couldn't do it for ourselves. Like you said, Josiah, that love has been hard between us because there are days we don't like each other. And and in in not liking each other at those times, sometimes love can feel a little low in our take, but God is always present. And I just love, Gabriel, how you always talk about your your passion for God is 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 different because you're just this you know I always think of this this rock solid like magnet un, not movable in it and I have noticed that even through all of your transition and all of the things that we've gone through in life love your love for God has been there and so would you share with us Gabriel um how would you explain your relationship with God well um how would I explain my relationship with God it's like it's like we have like like uh dinner sometime. Like sometime I'd be in my room and I'm just like like today might have been a hard day at school, but like God, I don't know what to do about this test, about this project I need to do and how I need to balance this and I'm just able to like pray and maybe do a scripture or do a devotion on my phone uh-huh. to be able to get past it. And like like you said, um I used to I used to not be like so like deep, deep into God until I got until I got baptized. Yeah. Which is one of like it was a really scary thing for me to get baptized. I was like, I was like, baptiz- I was thinking, is baptism really that like really that serious going mm-hmm. to God? And I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah, it has to be because I saw my brothers, my two other um, siblings get get baptized, and I was like, they're great examples for me, and I just need to maybe follow that and go through that. But first, I had to like get more into God. I started. Um, praying more, I started reading scriptures more before I got baptized. And then when I got baptized, I felt like a I kinda felt like a whole new person. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, wow, this is this is different. This is new and I I just want to keep going to God now. So I started just doing everything through God and for God. Like uh like I wanna when I started getting into the weight room, mm-hmm. I was like, I prayed before I went in there because I knew it was gonna be hard. <laughs> <laughs> I knew they were gonna go crazy in the weight room, but <laughs> I was just, I was just able to be like, God, I need you to help me through this, help my body be able to do this. So I was able to get it done and I'm just keep putting the work because I just know that God is here for me and my family and that he has a great path for me and that I just need to, it's not him. Like that's, that's things people get confused. Like, Oh God, you need to do this, this, this for me. If you ask, you need to also be able to be like, God, what do I need to do for you? Oh, excuse us. Okay. Okay. So it's like, so it is a two way. Like when I said, cause love takes, like we said the paint, God presents himself in this loving form. But I love how you drop that knowledge that we can ask, 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 and we almost treat God like a genie in the bottle. Mm-hmm. But when you said you got to ask, okay, God, what do you want me to do with it? That's good. So would you say, Gabriel, that has it always been easy for you? Thank God. No. How has God helped you through some of these these things that you've had to walk through? These so places that you've faced at. What? How old are you? 
Uh, I'm 13. 13 sound and look like you're 16. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like, God has like been like, I, this one time I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, God, what's going on? I was like, I don't know if this is supposed to happen or is this what you're doing? So I was like, I was like, I don't know, I don't know what to do. I don't know if you're there or not. And like, I used to be like, really like, like, is God even real? I used to be like, is God even like a real thing, a real th- thing that's helped me through this? I was like, maybe I need to do this on my own. Maybe I need to just go on my own way. But then like, when I, I'm not really much of a, like a crier when it goes to those situations. I'm more of a like, think it over. Mm-hmm. And then, like, sometimes I express it in the wrong way. Like, I used to, I used to just have outbursts of anger. Like, it was crazy. And then I was able to get control over those. I was able to get control over them and not have too many or, I don't really have that many outbursts, but sometimes I do be like, I do tend to get like really angry and have like big outbursts when it comes to those like situations, like how, um, like the divorce that we went through. I was like, at first, I was like, that's crazy. I don't even believe that. And then, like, once I found out about it, I was like, wow. I was like, okay. And then I was, and I was like, really mad for some reason. I, I get like super mad when those things happen. Cause I'm like, God, are you really, really doing this right now? Are you, are you really doing this to our family? We've been going good for now and now you're just doing this. But I just had to remember that everything happens for a reason. My God is just some things you just don't understand why he's doing it and you really don't comprehend it, but you just have to know that God is leading you on the right path to where you're going. You know, there's a saying by um, Dr. J that was at Metro Church. He used to say, God, when I can't understand you or I can't see your hand, I'll trust your leadership. Mm. I'll trust your leadership that you're still God. So are there things that with this generation, as we think about God, it's hard, right? And you had an example about a girl, a young girl on the playground that I know you said that you introduced God that way, you know, because it's hard as your generation, it seems, to be able to share that you're a Christian. And How do you do that? What would you say? Um, How to share you're a Christian? First, I say that you need to find a friend group or at least one friend that believes in the same thing that you do. Like I, my friend Jason, my friend Jeremiah, I have lots of friends who believe in that stuff. So I'm, we're able to talk about it easily. We could easily talk about it and just bring it up in a subject. So that's, that's what I think you should do is find a group, a friend that believes in what you believe in. Mm-hmm. And then you just go on from there and you're able to, um, Maybe not like pushing on someone like you need to believe you need to believe in this or just just um just express it to her sometimes just like sometimes bring it up just be like I had to pray over this or I had to I had to believe in God for this and they'll be like oh what do you mean and then you explain and then they tend to get into it mm-hmm. yeah so you found for your generation that's the easier way to get it in because yeah nowadays we find that God is really complex he's the universe he's quote unquote love. He's energy. He's this connection. Um, I, I am more spirit. I have spirituality more than I have God. You know, you hear so many things. So how do you, how do you walk like that in your generation? How do you be who you are? Because it is a part of your identity. It's not something you cut on on Sundays, cut off on Mondays. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Right. 
So, Gabriel, you had shared about something that you did for some friends on the playground. Um, I had a friend, and I know this is like really early in age. She was like going through things at home, and she was like. She's like, I don't know what to do anymore. I might just have to end it. I might just have to leave. No one wants me here. And so we had to talk to her. Like, the counselor wasn't helping her. And we were just like, she, she came, she came to us. Like, we were, we were hooping this one time. And the counselor was like, can I see y'all for a second? We were like, okay. And she's like, we, she, she was like, I don't know what to do. I've been trying to help her. She, she keeps saying this. I just want y'all, I just want to see if y'all can help her or at least try to influence her to, know that she has people that care for her. Mm-hmm. So we we did that for her. We have, we were able to show her that we love her and God loves her. And yeah, I see I see her on social media and she'd be like posting. She'd be like having fun with her friends now. So I'm happy for her. Mm-hmm. So that's a great way to be able to be an influence in your generation, huh? That's mm-hmm. really cool. Anyone else find that God can be complex as your generation? Like people are just not accepting to hear if you say, I am a Christian. It's right now, of course, on social media, everyone who believes in what they believe, they're going to be attacked for some reason. And even in the Bible, God said to just be prepared for that. And definitely on the forefront of Christianity or what people see when they think about Christianity is those people that are using what God is saying in the Bible as a rule book to try to isolate people from the community, as a rule book to try to hurt people, as a rule book, as a reason to fuel their own hatred. And I feel as if that's not correct. I don't believe in doing anything of that sort. I don't believe in having any hatred for anyone because everyone sins and God will, it's God's decision on what is going to happen with those sins. It is not ours. Our decision is just to show love. Our decision is literally to be a disciple and walk and the same way that Jesus was walking, which he was touching those with leprosy. He was the one that was praying over the woman that were sleeping around. He was the one that was praying over those that were um, cheating on their husbands and their wives. He was the ones that were praying for criminals. He was the ones whose disciples were all sinners. So I just, I'm like, when you see how God was, mo- how God was moving through his son. And when you see how Jesus was walking that's how we should walk as well. That's our purpose is to walk in love. And God, it's God is the only one who holds the judgment. Our mm-hmm. job is just to show love and to just spread that love and to spread peace. And I even talked to this one girl at my um school. We were in just in class and we were just talking about how there's so much animosity towards Christians because of what was going, what, because of the Christians, I use air quotes when I say that because I don't like to be under the same umbrella as them that just show hatred, really. And one church that really inspired me was um, during Pride Month and during the Pride Parade, there were these protesters that came out for this one church and were just being so hateful. And then there was another church that came out and they had these wings that were covering all those posters. And so these were these people that were just standing on the lines in front of these people and just blocking their words of hatred. Mm-hmm. And they had angel wings and they were just protecting those people from that hatred and just showing love. Because I like I said, it is not our job to judge. That is that's Jesus's. That's God's job. Mm-hmm. Our job is just to show love. And that just that really inspired me so much. And I was just like, that's how I want to be. I just want to be one that is bringing peace and protecting people from hatred and just showing love. Because I feel as if you like the saying, you catch more bees with honey than you do vinegar. Mm-hmm. How can we expect people to want to be a part of Christianity when we show such hatred and we 
we try to push people out if they're not the way that we want them to be or things like that. If we show love, it's like I'm accepted in this community. Mm-hmm. They are going to love me regardless of what I'm doing and I can try to heal and try to work and be better. Mm-hmm. And I feel as if if we show more of that, people will understand. Thank you for joining us for today's episode on the Brave and Vision podcast, where we are truly on a mission to be inspired and empowered to bravely pursue after our visions. Check you out at the next episode. Be blessed until then.